What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from Off Guard, and I've got some exciting news. Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy Pasha Hagigi, is officially moving to our own podcast feed. We are now dropping two shows every week. Me and Pasha go way back and talk so much hoops already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on these conversations. Every week, Pasha and myself will hit on the biggest stories happening around the league. Tap into the show twice a week on our new Off Guard feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. Life is full of tough decisions, and thanks to USAA Auto Insurance, picking your auto coverage isn't one of them. Make the switch to USAA Auto Insurance and find out how you could save. Get a quote today. Restrictions apply. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Monday night from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Blazarian, Kevin O'Sphere, Kevin Vernon! How are you doing tonight, man? What's up? I'm great. I am recording late in downtown Memphis as I went to the Grizzlies Kings. We are not going to get in depth on that one, but I will say that hey, I did hey. have a Sabonis really, really beat up on your team, didn't he? Yeah, it was a at one point the Memphis Grizzlies had 18 rebounds and DeMontis Sabonis had 17 rebounds. That's true. Halftime. At halftime, he had 17 rebounds and <laughs> the opposing team had 18 rebounds. It's crazy. Anyways, the reason I'm bringing this up is because unbelievable mismatch moment tonight at the oh. game. Of okay. all things. Was there a Kings fan things, there? Was there, there a Kings was a fan Kings who called fan. me out? Oh, my goodness. There was not a Kings fan that called you out. Oh, There was a Kings fan of which both of us are a huge fan of. And he happened to be in town, brought his mom in town, and they were at the oh. game tonight, came and uh, found me. The absolutely unbelievable dissect podcast on the hey, Ringer Network hey, and Spotify. Yeah. Cole, Kush- Cole Kushner was in town for the hey, game. That's awesome. And I had never. We have communicated many times over the years. Um, he's been a longtime mismatch listener. I've been a longtime dissect listener. And since before cool. that, he was with the Ringer and Spotify. Yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea he even knew who we were. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, it's pod. He's terrific. great. The ra- the Radiohead series that he did for the, the album In Rainbows is tremendous. Yeah. Well, the the way me and all my buddies originally found him was the uh, my beautiful bar- dark twisted fantasy, the one that he did about the Kanye mm-hmm. album. And uh, anyways, I never album. met legendary. I never met uh, Cole Kushner in person, and so in what was uh. You know, Grizzlies had like eight guys that were all hustle players, but that was a big bright spot, and I was super glad 
that I got to meet him uh, in town for the game. Now, Hell there yeah. was a bunch That's of stuff. Awesome. Yeah, it was super cool. Bunch of stuff that went on around the NBA tonight. So let's just go to that first. A possible NBA Finals preview with the Nuggets and the Bucks. That was that those were my finals picks. Were the Nuggets and the Bucks? It's great to see everybody playing in that one in Denver. Nice for Giannis to play, uh, considering <laughs> Joel Embiid did not over the weekend, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, but this game went down to the end. Fourth quarter, and it's like, I think Doc's just got some figuring out to do. There's a couple of things, you know, you see, and we saw the Nuggets do this a couple of weeks ago when they played against the Celtics. Like, we pay attention to these super high leverage games when they play, and it's same old, same old. You know what it's coming, you know what's coming at you. It's Jokic and Murray, and now you're dealing with it, and they're going to play off of that. There's going to be guys slipping to the basket. There's going to be Murray pulling up for shots. There's going to be Jokic. I mean, and that's what I feel like the Bucks. they've got some figuring out to do because it's not nearly as defined as simple. Now, that is, of course, because they have not been through a million wars together. They haven't been through playoff series together. And so that stuff develops over years and years of doing it. But they do have to figure out kind of, what they're going to. And the other thing is they've got to find a, a defensive guard that they could put alongside Dane, in my opinion. Because uh, the the hiding Beasley thing, you know, that's fine. But I could just see that, that, that. I could see that becoming a glaring weak spot. You know, they've got one spot to fill. The other four is going to be fine. But they got one spot to fill. And you could see even down the stretch, some of the defensive communication stuff still real clunky. And, you know, there's no question Doc will improve that team. He's been very good at getting teams to play defense over his tenure, uh, the majority of his tenure, whether he's with the Clippers or the Celtics or whoever it may be, Sixers. He had top 10 defenses. Um, I don't know if he'll be able to make this one into a top 10, but. It'll certainly improve from what they are, but you saw when it's like, okay, now it's you run a play, we run a play. It's a little bit smoother on the Denver side. That's kind yeah, of what I was um, left with thinking. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like the Beasley thing, that is the same as it ever was with them. Like they need to upgrade Malik Beasley. Yes, he's been a lights out shooter for them this season, but you can't survive defensively with Malik Beasley and Damian Lillard as your backcourt. You need to find an upgrade there, whether that comes internally with one of the younger guys uh, like an Andre Jackson or Jake Crowder manages to drink from the fountain of youth and return to closer to prime levels. But ultimately, it probably comes from a trade, which is why, as unrealistic as it is, you got you know Chris Haynes reporting that the Bucks have interest in, in Dejounte Murray because in theory Murray could tap back into his you know more prime version of himself in a winning situation and offer that type of de- offer that type of defense and shot creation next to Damian Lillard in the backcourt. But I do think you know for the first game of the Doc Rivers era yeah. in Milwaukee, it, it, it's like just game one. I thought he you know he changed some of the rotations. Dame came out early in the first quarter, got a breather instead of playing the entire first quarter. 
some differences there. Uh, I mean, like it's tough to read into just one game of defensive game plans, a handful of possessions, but it did seem like they were being a little bit, they were sagging off some of the weaker Nuggets shooters, more like past Bucks teams did, more so than some of the Adrian Griffin Bucks teams did earlier this season where they're aggressive up on the three-point line against everybody. So just game one, some minor differences. And it's in Denver. I mean, right? It's in in Denver. Denver, They were in it till the end. And I don't think whatever Doc's able to do with that team, this is going to be post-All-Star stuff. We're going to find out what they really look like. It's going to take time for anything to be implemented and really take hold. Um, It's impossible, really. Like, like there's there's so little practice time. What what can you really do besides minor stuff? That's right. Try to install what you can install. A couple other things that took place tonight. Unbelievable Mavs magic game. That came down to the very end. Powell Bancaro had an unbelievable missed free throw at the end that gave them a chance. And Franz Wagner missed one at the buzzer. Uh, but the Mavs came down from 16 and won that game. But the reason I'm mentioning this is not to get in depth on that game because neither of us saw it in its entirety. It's that I did see the magic since we last spoke in person. And you know, I love this team, this magic team. I walked out of that arena. Joe Ingles missed a three at the buzzer and, and, and Memphis won the game. But I walked out of the arena thinking two things. First one was, there's no doubt in my mind that Ben Carroll is going to be one of the five to ten best players in the league. And he's going to be five one of those. Five to ten for, best. Yes, wow. Yes. Yes. I th- he's Kevin, he is absolutely awesome already for his age. I didn't see some vintage Ben Carroll performance either. But just watching him out there, I'm like, brother, when he gets it all figured out, this is a problem because the size, the skill, and the tenacity to go along with it, he's got all the goods to be one of the absolute best players in the entire NBA. That's what I thought when I saw him. Very rarely have I walked out of an arena and thought, whoa, now. Like, obviously, it happened with Wemby. After I saw him, I'm like, geez, Louise, imagine what this guy's going to look like at 25. But that's the feeling I had when I walked out. I'm like, what is this guy going to look like when it's, you know, the age that most guys are winning, 25, 26, 27, when he gets to 27, 28? Oh, oh, there's no question in my mind. If he stays uninjured, by the time he's 27, 28, Ben Carroll is going to be one of the best five to 10 players in the league for sure. Everything you just described, Chris, is why I put Bancaro number one in his draft class. Tough yep. year. Jabari Smith, a lot of people had him. Chet Holmgren, a lot of people had him. But with Bancaro, it's exactly what you said. Six foot ten with huh. like guard-like quickness and fluidity and side-to-side lateral ability just to move and change positions with the ball in his hands, the passing feel. He doesn't even have currently with the state of this magic roster that, you know, that two man guy. Like now Barnes has quickly in Toronto, Murray and Jokic in Denver, Dame and Giannis in Milwaukee. What happens when Paolo Bancaro at six foot 10 gets paired with a, a six four, six foot five sharp shooting guard who can handle the ball and run two man handoffs and pick oh and rolls with them? Like it, they just it could be a glory. They just need a yeah. couple of guards because he does what he does yep. without without them being. You don't have to honor them shooting. They're the worst three mm-hmm. point shooting team in the world. Yeah. They can't hit any. They shoot like thirty percent. 
from three. Yep. It's crazy. Like get you get them some spacing and you get them some guys that could just, you know, you don't it doesn't even have to be guys like you know, I texted you over the weekend. I'm like, even a guy like a like a Malcolm Brogdon, just a standstill, hey, I could throw it to you and you could knock down an open three for me, right? You could kind of organize me because they could run so much of the offense through Franz and Bancaro. But look, they've been really, really struggling. They need to get them some guys that can stretch that floor out. But it, and and I know, you know, everybody always wants to win right now. And I hope they can get it back together and be able to be a playoff team. We have lamented the fact that we want more new teams, fun teams to be involved and and, and guy, young guys to be able to take their lumps. But all I will say is it's going to be like this is a long term thing. And I think you do have to just enjoy the fact, like, hopefully you could have a good record this year. Hopefully you can get to the playoffs. But, man, if I'm an Orlando fan, I am just absolutely over the moon about this guy because he is special, 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 special. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, I mean, I think with them, it's the type of thing where Ben Caro, he's doing this despite the fact that he's not a knockdown or even a plus shooter yet. He's an average, a below average shooter. Franz right. Wagner. Even though Franz Wagner's still a, a guy hitting well over 80% of his free throws, he's at 85% again this year, he's still a 30% shooter from three. Once Wagner becomes, you would hope at some point, a 38 39% three-point shooter as he extends his range and it matches his free throw production. And hopefully at some point, Ben Caro is better from the perimeter. Like, I mean, like we talk about the need for a guard, right? And parent, like, But you do have Jalen Suggs, you do have Anthony Black, this is kind of a by-committee situation. It's almost not even a, a, a ball-handling guard you need. It's more just a, a shooting guard that you yes. need to manifest. It's because you do have some of those smaller handlers to pair with them. It's just you need that, that knockdown shooting presence. And maybe it'll end up being Jet Howard, who you know has had some good moments in the G League this year. Maybe it'll end up if being you him, give but that them could take a while. Some space, though, if you give them some space, oh. Katie bar the door. Because he has got that. Yeah. Just get to the basket to him. Boy, special special player. So I, I did want to yeah, mention dude. that because I did get to see him since we last spoke. And look, I watched him in a loss and walked out of the arena like, Jesus, this guy, <laughs> this guy is going to be something else it, for a long time in this one of league. His better, it no. wasn't even one of his better games of the season. Not even close. No, not even close. He had, I think he had but 35 that, that tonight in that Dallas it. game. Yes. yes. But that speaks to it. it's like this month he's averaging like 25 points, six assists, six rebounds. It's big time numbers, you know, just raw, raw box score stuff. He's his efficiency is up and down, but like his, the, his efficiency should improve as the roster around him fits his needs to, to optimize his production as a player. And also, it's hard to beat Luca when he's scoring in the 40s. At least it's not the 70s, though. <laughs> Understood. A uh, couple other things we got to mention. Anthony Edwards, hilarious after the game. Uh, against the Thunder, say, I'll take the fine. And then he said, uh, have you seen the video going around where he's slapping high fives with Gobert and he says, cheating ass refs. (laughs) (laughs) Cheating ass refs. (laughs) That was a good moment, but that's a good win for the T-Wolves against the Thunder. I saw somebody post a stat that the Thunder had this crazy ass record. It's like 30 and one or something. When they're leading going into the fourth quarter, but now they're 30 and two, and both losses are to the Wolves. And so it's just something to keep in mind because 
You never know the way this stuff is all going to play out. We may very well see those teams match up when it comes playoff time. But I do think the the Wolves are a bit of a problem. They they obviously they need to get Conley back, and a lot's going to rest on how they they need to make sure he's got a healthy hamstring and can make it through the long term playoff run uh, that they hope they have. But boy, it's it, it size on size on size, and that's the, that's the thing. Some of these teams that are either really physical or have a lot of size are kind of a thunder problem. And that's where when we get into the playoffs, it's like you might be able to um, you might be able to overcome it some, but overcoming it to win four out of seven games is an interesting one. So I know you have been a proponent of the thunder finding maybe some more size to go along with Chet down there. It'll be very fascinating to see over the next two weeks if they go for it and kind of where they view themselves in their timeline. Yeah, I mean, I think with with Oklahoma City, it's the type of thing, Chris, like they're young and we're seeing some of the ups and downs with them over the course of the season. And Minnesota has a lot more experience on their side of things. Like the defense tonight for Minnesota is... It's extraordinary. Like Oklahoma City came out of the gates fast in that game. I was watching the start of the game. They had like, I think, 20, 20 points over the first five, six minutes, something like maybe maybe in the first four minutes, something like that. And they finished with 101. So Minnesota allows 81 points over the final 40-ish minutes of the game. Like they're just clamping down. There was a possession with, you know, 30 seconds left in the game where Jaden McDaniels is, it feels like he's defending three guys at once. He's like shading towards SGA. He's he's closing out on Dort. He's helping on the corner all at one time. And like you said, with Minnesota's size, it just feels like they're everywhere all at once. And like we know their defense is dominant. I thought their offense was very good down the stretch despite not having Mike Conley. They were calling plays, getting good looks, creating quality shots. And I mean, like doing that against Oklahoma City, even though they're young, um, like I think on their home court, that's a very impressive win for the Timberwolves. And I think that's a sign of uh, developments with what we saw from them with their offense down the stretch of that game. And hopefully it sustains because obviously they've, you know, fell into some real ruts in fourth quarters, especially late in games with their offense over the course of the season. But the truth is, is both Minnesota and Oklahoma City they're in different trajectories and different timelines and places with where they are right now. But both of them, in their own ways, could use some slight upgrades. We talked about Minnesota needing a better backup point guard than Conley. And with Oklahoma they City also, needing they, they, more they, size. It's not just backup. It's not just backup. It's insurance. Like, you need insurance. Yeah, for sure, you got this hamstring so thing now. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. you got. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of hopes riding on a guy that's in, you know, 15-plus years in the league. It's tough. It's yeah. tough. He's just so old, man. Yeah. And he said it's like such yeah. a long injury history. He's just... too old! He's <laughs> one of my favorite guys <laughs> in the world. But, yeah, you got to have insurance for that. Yeah, you got to, man. Too old. I, I, mean, I, I, I think for, for Minnesota, you don't have a lot of assets to do it. But, I mean, how many times have we said Tyus Jones is the guy to try to go out and get? I know. He is the one. FanDuel is putting the ball in your court for the rest of the NBA season because right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $200 if your bet wins. 
Right now on FanDuel, you can bet on the NBA with a wide range of bet types, including quick bets, live same-game parlays, player props, and much more. You can even look ahead to the NBA draft. Right now, they have odds for the team that ends up drawn with the number one overall pick or who ends up selecting Bronny James in the 2024 NBA draft. They have the Lakers favorite at plus 600, the Sixers all the way down at plus 1900 with max cap space, by the way, and a late first round draft pick. Just saying. So you can get a little funky and crazy with some of those types of bets or games that are happening in the night of, or you can look ahead to the futures with NBA finals or NBA conference champions and awards and stuff like that. Regardless of the way you want to bet, head over to FanDuel.com slash mismatch and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. All right. Let me ask you about a couple different teams. I, this is really testing me especially after our last episode where I had watched the heat and I'm like, you know what? I'm not falling for this crap. We know it doesn't even matter to them what seed they get, whatever. Like they stunk again. They can't win now. And I'm like, okay, at what point am I going to actually be like, you know, is this okay? And I don't know how the hell they got rid of Kyle Lowry and got a worse shooter, but (laughs) can't hit shit. This well, tonight he did. Tonight, tonight he was four. Of oh, six. he did. He was four of six tonight. Yes. Oh, congrats to him. All right. I mean, it's <laughs> been a it's been a mess though. It's been a mess. What are they sick? Is that six in a row? Well, prior to this game with the Heat, he was one of five, one of four, zero oh of two from three. Um, so yeah. this was his first good shooting performance with with Miami. His first good overall game with Miami. But I do think, and they got blasted. You know, and yeah, they got destroyed by you know by. Phoenix granted like Miami makes like a late you know they make if they lose by 13 because when everybody reserves are in the game late they, they close it doesn't yeah. matter but they got smoked I think Miami right now one of two things need to happen the hero Rozier backcourt either needs to be split up with one of them going to the bench being like a super six man or another move needs to be made possibly moving Tyler Hero being like a, a good young trade chip, uh, possibly to some teams around the league. But we just saw months ago when they were trying to go get Damian Lillard, not a lot of teams wanted Hero. But I do think Hero has made some progress over the course of the season where perhaps at this time of the year, more teams could have some interest to find a player who fits better. Teams are Miami. stupid. Teams are stupid if they don't want him. Because here's the thing. The guy could shoot the ball. He could shoot the ball at all these teams. When you get down to the playoffs, they all want shooting. They all need spacing for their stars so that they can work in space. And so Hero, to me, is an extremely valuable asset. Hell, you know how good he'd be on that team we just talked about a couple minutes ago? He'd be great for Orlando. Orlando Magic. Oh, he'd be great for them. Great for them to have. Like a guy that, that you just need all there's so many teams you watch where it's like, man, they just need some guys to space out the floor because they've got some special individual talent that could beat guys one on one. It's just you can dedicate two to them. You can make them see two guys all the time. Heroes are uh, those those kind of guys are the types that, you know, they are honored. You have to stay out there and guard them. And that is a. I don't give a damn what a guy's individual stats are. 
that is it's the gravity of it. And so, you know, I would I would think he is a great asset for a team that uh, he he could really move the needle for somebody if it's not the perfect fit what they have because everybody needs spacing. And when it comes playoff time, everybody needs guys that can make shots. How much with Miami, like Jimmy Butler after the game, he just said, like, we're not guarding anybody. And and that's the right. reason why we're losing games, right? Like, he just says, we're not guarding anybody. And that's true. Like, you look at the amount of points they've given up over this seven-game losing streak in order, 121 to the Raptors, 109 to the Hawks, 105 to the Magic, 105 to the Grizzlies. That's not bad with some of those. But then 143 to the Celtics, 125 to the Knicks, 118 to the Suns. Mm-hmm. With them, how much of this do you think is this relates to again, Rozier, Hero, Duncan Robinson? Like, there's a lot of perimeter guys on that team who aren't stoppers. They don't really have right. that on their team right now. And obviously, they're missing some guys, Richardson, Haquez. They're missing some guys, but those guys aren't going turning you from you know having a bunch of turnstiles on the perimeter to a bunch of stoppers. This is where it comes back to, does Miami need to make one more deal to really round this out and to find better balance? Like, have they gone too far without without perimeter defense after some of their losses this offseason? Seems like it. But then there's another part of me that goes, all right, they just don't give the crap and they will. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. It's, just, it's hard to know because, like, it's hard it's to hard bet to against Miami. I know it's because we've seen this play out before. I know they look pitiful last year, and then as soon as it comes time for it to matter, they're clamping down on everybody and they're making life hell for you. And they've got a great coach that game plans against you, takes away what you want to do, and next thing you know, Caleb Martin's knocking down every corner three <laughs> takes. It's like, okay, this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, you mentioned one of the teams that put up a big number against them was the New York Knicks. Now, that is something we do have to believe in. This is crazy because they, they're they now without Randall for an extended amount of time. Ananobi's got the elbow thing. Uh, but they're like, what, 14-2 and two now, I think, since the OG deal? And I think they're 12 and 1 with both OG and Brunson in the lineup. They 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 want to get Charlotte uh tonight. And now they've got and and those you know, they got wins. They beat the Nuggets by 38, which we had mentioned. Wolves, Sixers, Heat, like they got really good wins and they now are going to be without another guy in Randall for an extended amount of time, but they got a six-game homestand coming up. And it's going to be very fascinating to see how they kind of navigate through the life without Randall and if it even matters, because I'm just I'm just a believer. I'm a believer. It's seven in a row now. So they've won seven in a row and the Heat have lost seven in a row. Um, But they won seven in a row after this win over Charlotte. Now they're about to have a six game homestand. And you'd imagine they'll probably have a pretty good record in that. And so. This is, it's something to monitor because you always got to pay attention to these teams that like their record is not indicative of what they are now. You know, we talk about this all the time with the Clippers, right? I, I, don't, I don't care what their total record is. I've seen the Clippers and I know they lost tonight, but they're like 27 and seven since after those first five games of Harden. Like that's, that's a radically different, I guess, 27 and eight now. Um, after they lost tonight. That's a radically different team than 
you know, what would you be your normal four or five seed uh, in the Western Conference? And the Knicks, do uh, you think it's going to be a tough go without Randall? Or do you think it's the results are just going to keep on coming? I mean, I think with them, it's going to be, I'm not even sure it's about the results in, in a sense that it's about finding out what you have with Precious Achua. And finding Mm. out like what you have with some of these other guys in the rotation, like yes, it hurts not to have Randall on the nights that he's he's on. That they probably might drop some games because of that. But I think the overall aggregate benefit could be finding out what happens when a Chew is getting that usage. It's two plus games in a row now of him getting thirty minutes. I, I think some of these Knicks young guys, this A shows that these guys are either keepers for you or B could dramatically raise their trade value because Achu was a guy that people around the league have liked for a long time with his Well, who's the one that just went off? It was Dante that went off, right? It's like, it wasn't yes. DiVincenzo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I mean, think, yeah, so like all, all those all those touches that Randall normally gets now trickle to DiVincenzo. It goes to Achua like on transition offers, yeah. Josh Hart, and, or even guys like Miles McBride who's been yep. getting regular bench minutes for them. Uh, and, like, I mean, I saw tonight, <laughs> like, tonight, I love Deuce McBride. I've loved that guy for a long time. But, like, tonight, I wasn't watching the game live in the fourth quarter when the Knicks were up 30. But I saw, like, it retweeted on uh, my timeline. It was, like, this play where he just, like, he's, like, just mirroring Caleb Martin uh, on, on, on defense, just bearing every single movement, just rips the ball out of his hands, starts a transition opportunity, and he he ends up hitting a three on the break. He gets the rewarded for his defensive effort with a 30-point lead. And it was just a cool, like, typical, typical Deuce McBride just locking down on defense, hitting big shots. I, d- I just love that, dude. He's such a fun bench player, and it's cool to see him finally rewarded with all this playing time after the quickly trade for OG and Anobi. It's just great, because I-, I love that dude. Well, and they gave him a contract. And isn't he the one that walked into the restaurant in Vegas with his jersey on? That, that you was saw? the guy. Yeah, that was that him. was Deuce. That okay, was I thought that yeah, I thought that I remembered the, the name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He walked that into Momofuku with his summer league jersey yep. on. Absolutely true. Yeah, he walked into <laughs> Momofuku. That's outrageous. Yeah. I know, it's so cool. It's, it's an outrageous big move. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I got a picture somewhere in my phone. It's not great quality. It's like darker in that restaurant, but uh, yeah, that that was awesome. That was such a cool moment. <laughs> yeah, he's that's great, crazy. I, 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 that Knicks team's awesome to watch. Like, aren't they just so fun? They have so many likable players. So look, and there's a couple Easter Conference teams like this that are like, uh, you know. Uh, on one hand, we're sitting there going, all right, are we going to believe that the Heat are really this rat team like they've been playing for seven straight games? Or are we just not going to get fooled by this? On the other hand, I swear it's every night I'm looking at the results and I'm like, okay. So, like, nobody's beating the Clippers and now the Cavs get Mobley back and beat the Clippers. And it's like, the Cavs, I, I, I was reading uh, Schumann's uh, little uh, recap of the, you know, his power rankings thing. He had a stat in there that the Cavs, in the absence of Mobley and Garland, that their starting lineup with swapped out Garland and Mobley for Isaac Okoro and Dean Wade has the second best net rating of any lineup that's played over 200 minutes. It's like plus 18.6. I was like, what the hell? Like, we know Cleveland's like, 
Look, I know I've always been one of those like, hey, you got to have stars and role players and it's got to balance out. Guys have to do the dirty work and guys have to be able to, you know, be able to play without the basketball. And it's not all about how many points per game you get. And like, you got to balance this stuff out. And But that is just so extreme. In what world would you have ever said, hey, you can be able to swap out Darius Garland and Evan Mobley, two of the bright young stars in the league, for Isaac Okoro and Dean Wade and end up having one of the best plus minuses in the entire NBA. <laughs> it's just crazy. And, you know, while the Clippers were 13-2 and two since Christmas going into this game tonight. So you got to give the Cavs a lot of credit. And by the way, the Clippers just killed the Celtics over the weekend. Now they turn around and they lose to the Cavs. Like, I'm... I don't know. They got Mobley back tonight. Obviously, you're going to have to get Garland back in the mix, but I- I'm starting to become a Cavs believer, Kev. Like, this is just too, it's it's happening too often, and they're beating, like, you beat the Clippers. Like, who do I want you to beat for me to believe? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty much exactly as we talked about on last week's episode. Uh, we'll see what happens when Mobley and Garland are both back and how that affects the production of the team. It's possible that they just found themselves uh, it happened to happen while they were gone right and they can still continue on this same hot streak once they're both back um but you know i mean we'll see garland hopefully can get back soon mobley uh this is a game i only kind of kept an eye on tonight i didn't i can't speak on you know the game itself i was watching other games but just generally I, i look forward to seeing how these guys develop over the course of the season with mobley's versatility does he help their does he further improve their defense without hurting the offense with the way they've been producing and same with garland being paired with mitchell with them both being smaller guards how much does that affect the defense uh did the pros outweigh the cons with how they both can assist in their respective ways garland being such a good shooter mobile being such a good defender how does that balance work out because the team feels very balanced without those guys Ben Simmons came back and the Nets scored 147 because of it. And then after the game, they, they asked him about it. You know, when you as soon as you came in the game, there was a fast break. And he said something like, every time I touch the ball, it's a fast break. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go, Ben Love Simmons. Love the confidence. <laughs> Love the confidence. He almost had like a triple-double. I saw his box score. I was like, yeah, what I know. The It's hell? pretty cool. And 18, go back 18 and watch minutes that 18 points. He had 10 points, 11 assists, eight rebounds, zero turnovers. Pretty impressive. Turn up, Ben I, I Simmons. For, I know. The, the highlights were fun to watch. I, I look forward to seeing more of the game, how he looked defensively and all that. Utah Utah's a weird team on the other side of that. Um, they I mean, they oscillate like between like, playing really well. I know. To, well, yes. No, that's it. But that's a team right now, and you see this with a lot of teams around the league. When you've got four or five guys, all knowing I might get traded, it's very tough at this time of year. You can see it. You know, Atlanta's totally. going through it. Like, these guys all are on hoops hype every morning. Their agents talking to them. There's, like, I mean. Friends this texting is, them, everything. Yeah, it's coming from everywhere. We're in, yeah, we're in frenzy season. You're just not going to know. You're going to see some weird stuff, and you're going to see some weird outcomes, and you guys see some weird performances and some weird lineups and guys sitting out and got, like there's just so much to read into it. But more importantly, there's all these teams that have groups of players that, you know, 
it's just odd to have four or five guys. You know, you're worried about what you're going to do with your house. You're worried about if you're going to have to move. You're worried about where you're going to go. Like, they know. I was I was even talking to somebody with the Kings tonight and said they're, you know, they've gotten on this win streak, whatever, but they got three or four stressed out guys all the time. All the time. Because they don't know if it's them or not, right? Might be them. Might be them going to have a new home in two weeks. And we're just kind of in that. It really gets to them, you know, about two weeks in. And then after the trade deadline, everybody kind of cools out, right? And then you can kind of hit your stride and decide you're going to be there. But for these, you know, two weeks, it's tough because they all they all read all the same crap we do, <laughs> you know? Like, oh, I might get traded? Oh, they're looking to upgrade me? <laughs> they're looking to upgrade me? Like, imagine you're sitting there, you're just a guy, and you're like reading there like, damn, man. <laughs> They're looking to upgrade Kevin Herter. You're like, geez, <laughs> that hurts. Or Davion Mitchell or whatever, right? Whoever it may be. And so um, I think you're probably going to see that with, the, you could probably see some weird ones with a couple of different teams. We've gone a long time without mentioning the fact that I said there's no way somebody else is going to score 70 right. <laughs> and I believe uh... I said I'd puke if they did. And then, we couldn't even make it to the next episode before someone scored 70. I, oh, I guess we did make it to Thursday because MB did it on Monday, right? So we did, we did make it mm-hmm. to last Thursday night. But then over the weekend, Luka Doncic had 73. And I, I, I give up. I give up. I, 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 am, I'm, I am of the opinion that somebody could get 100 at this point. Like, what the hell? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Break somebody break Wilt's record. Just go ahead and do it. It's so <laughs> funny how much history history repeated. You're like years ago. You don't see a lot I know. of fifties. <laughs> we could go back and look. That was look. I remember it was Blake Griffin playing for Detroit, and it was like in October, or early November. And I was like, you don't see a lot Boy, of fifties, been- and then it was just a friggin' barrage of fifties. <laughs> So now I say a long time, Chris. I know. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Blake Griffin's not even in the league anymore. Um, (laughs) And and now I say, oh, yeah, you don't see a lot of 70s. And we even went through like the historical point of view. Only this many guys (laughs) have done it. Only this many times in history it's happened. And of course, Luca within a couple of days does it. And so. Who knows? Kind of crazy. He did it against Atlanta too. In it's Atlanta, not that the team that not traded that him. Crazy. I know, they but, suck. I know, but the I know, but the team that traded him on draft night, oh, the team yeah, that yeah, is yeah. at the crossroads with Murray potentially being on the move, Trey who could be traded this summer. Like I think it's just fascinating that happens in Atlanta of all places. Luca does that of all teams. Shouts, shouts to Boosie. Uh, I know you're, you've got to be a huge, uh, Boosie Badass fan, the rapper. He was don't on the even, front don't row. Don't even know who he is. Uh, he was, uh, he's on the front row in Atlanta <laughs> and he got the jersey. He had asked him preemptively, can I have your jersey after the game? I collect the jerseys. Wow. And Luca, true to his word, Boosie Badass has the friggin' 73 point Luca Doncic jersey. Yeah, Boosie. Wipe me down. All right, Chris. Way over your head. 
Do you think we see an NBA player score 81 or more this season? I, you want me to make it happen? There's no way someone will score. <laughs> or, no, no, let me rephrase it. Kevin, look, all right, I know I've said you don't see a lot of 70s, but you never see 80. Never. Probably be by next episode. These idiots. Somebody guard somebody. It's embarrassing to give up friggin' 73 points. Give me a break. I mean, so, is anybody, forget, the, you know, whenever and you get all these old heads and I get it, and they all bitch about like how no defense is played anymore and blah, 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 blah. It, to me, it's not even about defense. It, 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 of course, the defense sucks. It's like, have some pride, bro. Have some pride. You're a professional. Nobody should be able to score 73 on you. Double the hell out of them. You know, get chippy with it. Like, come on. That's the thing. It's not the defense as much as the edge. Where's the edge? Where's the competition? It's like, instead, these guys, you know, yeah, they let the guy score 73, and then why don't you get his fucking autograph after the game? It's crazy to me. There's no edge to them. There's not, they're not competitors. That's what it is. To me, much more than the NBA's outlawed defense and nobody plays any defense anymore and, you know, I know people tired of the old heads saying that. To me, it's the edge. It's like the competition. Like, hey, man, have some pride about yourself. Not, not like being proud to be on the DVD or whatever, the, the, the NBA TV replay the <laughs> next day. Damn, whatever. You are I know. One. That was old. That was old. That was old. <laughs> All right. Uh, VHS. Hey, yeah, on the laser disc. <laughs> you just want to be on the laser disc? <laughs> all right i admit that sounded old and i probably ruined everything by saying i don't want to sound old and then i said dvds i grew up with dvds kevin yeah i i, I, I still DVDs own too. them i still most, have dvds most, uh, i don't think i have a dvd player but i still got dvds <laughs> oh man Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy, and you can do it all right in the USAA app, and they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease, too. Visit USAA.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates. San Antonio, Texas. I mean, with defense, though, I do think we are at a point now where the Kirk Goldsberry book Sprawl Ball from four, five, or six years ago, whenever it came out, 
is starting to become a real topic of conversation. This is something people are beginning to really talk about. What do you do with rule changes to help defense? Because I agree with you, to your point, there needs to be more of an edge. In that game, it didn't feel like the Hawks were really trying to resist at times, especially when Luka was getting rolling. Like they weren't, they weren't trying to stop him from getting over 70 points by changing their defensive scheme. They were just like, okay, the game is over. We lost. That's what it felt like. Okay. I agree with you. But at the same time, the, the NBA is in a position now. How much do they feel that the lack of defense and the high scoring games where teams routinely scoring 130 or 140? Is this good for the quality of the game? Is this good for the growth of the game? Because in that Goldsberry book, Sprawl Ball, from years ago, Kirk argued that it is not aesthetically pleasing to have drive and kick, drive and kick, drive and kick, all like similar types of results in a half-court offense. Teams do it a little bit differently. They do, but it is a lot of drive and kick in the league right now. So I, I just, uh, what does Adam Silver in the NBA want to think about this, I wonder? It can, it, it, there are too many teams that play alike and there are teams that do it with much more talent than the other teams, right? But there are a lot, of, it's a very homogenous on a on a game-in, game-out basis. Um, as someone that goes to games several times a week. That being said, I would be an absolute hypocrite if I didn't tell you. So I was at Grizzlies Magic the night of that game. And as I saw he had 50-something or whatever it was in the third quarter, I pulled it up on my phone and I watched the rest of it. I had it there yeah. on on the table with me. So I can't, I can't be a hypocrite. I Yes, watching guys score 73 is something I will always turn on. And yes, I love it. So I could still lament the lack of competitiveness and the fact that we have outlawed goons completely basically like there is nobody to go hard foul somebody and say like hey man you ain't you ain't you ain't making a mockery of us this is bull you know like but i do love watching guys be that individually brilliant it's yes mega impressive and it's hard to do even though every time i say it's hard to do it appears not hard to do <laughs> yeah i mean right. look, look it's a, it's a it's a dilemma for the NBA because the league is more talented than it's ever been. But I, I, in my in my lifetime, at least, like I don't think the league's yeah. ever had so much talent. And the way the way you know efficiency has driven teams towards valuing layups, you know, free throws and three pointers, and and it has opened up the floor for these brilliant offensive talents to be the only players who really utilize the mid range. That's right. Mid range, the mid range has been removed for role players. You don't see PJ Brown taking a 15 footer from the baseline. That like that's that was something role players did in the past. Now Bobby Portis is spotting up in the corner for the Bucks. They're emphasizing threes and layups and free throws, and and that's what's all led to where we are now. In addition to the lack of the the rule changes that have prevented defenders from maximizing what they were maybe in the 1990s before hand checking was taken away. Yeah, and it's, it's not, tough though. Like, it's tough though. Like, like, how much could rule changes really completely curtail what efficiency has led the league to becoming? Uh, like, how how much would the league actually have to change things? And and it's possible it could also have negative effects too, like removing the corner three 
as some people talk about. What do you do with defensive three seconds? Like th- there could be negative effects as well. So it's it's a difficult place for the NBA. But I would hope personally that they in in some form use the G League for some of these dramatic dramatic you know potential rule changes they haven't hesitated to use the g league as a playground before i know there's risk there teams use that for player development as well you don't want to make it too different but i I think they need to experiment just to see what it looks like even if it's for a portion of the g league season for two months these are the rules i don't mind like i think that because of the way the game is played because of the level of talent offenses are better than ever. That's what I believe. I also think, to me, and it's not necessarily about defense as much as it is, it always just comes back to, as I said, with the competition thing. And that's it's exactly why I was mad about the Embiid thing. It's like, I just want guys to be competitors, man. Like, they want to get out there. They want to play. They want to get not get embarrassed. They want to not be you know, smiling and trading jerseys. Like, we have come on here and lauded. Man, I love seeing Chet and Wemby go after each other. I love seeing the Pacers and the Bucks starting to hate each other. I love seeing the Suns and the Mavs getting chippy right in the, like, right when the game starts. Like, I love all this. And then, like, on the flip side, it's like watching guys just watch guys score 70 is lamer and shit to me, and then watching Embiid sit out on an ABC national televised game where, that everybody wants to watch. It's like, bro, like to me, that's, that's what it all comes back to. It's all like being a competitor, being a competitor. I, I could accept, man, these offenses are hard as hell to stop. If you're getting paint touches and kickouts and guys can knock down shots, like I don't, I'm, 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 I'm not going to, I'm not going to lament. I don't think there's no defense because I watch the playoffs every year. You watch the playoffs every year. Mm-hmm. When it gets to playoff we, we basketball, just watched, we, we just watched up. Minnesota OK, OKC tonight, Chris. There's it tightens defense up. in that game. Yeah, yeah it tightens up. There, don't there tell me there's defense. not defense play. I mean, over the there, 82 there game season, yeah, there's a lot of baloney that takes place. Well, and this, and this ultimately brings it back to how the games have to matter more. Like like right now, like bulk, bulk has always been the benefit for the NBA. If every team plays 82 games, at what point does bulk become detrimental compared to events? That's what the NBA has tried to create with the in-season tournament. That's what they've tried to do with Rivals Week. I mean, like it doesn't necessarily work when you still have so much bulk and that these games aren't significantly Rivals more week. important, right? So it's like Rivals Week with Sixers Nuggets on a Saturday night. If and, then, and then Embiid actually, just threw, threw feces at it. Yes. That's what he did. He and, threw feces and if that at game, water. Rivals but if three. that game actually mattered to the Sixers, to the standings, if there were significant, a significant impact to the standings, if you lose that game and it matters, he'd be playing. He'd be playing through the pain, right? He would have been, mm-hmm. for sure. Just like he would have if it were a playoff game, a game one, a game two, a game three in all likelihood. So how, what, what can the league do to make these games matter more? And that's complicated. You know, there's money involved, broadcast rights, the amount of I'm games. I'm not going to do that, though. I'm way. not going to do that. I, you can pay I, I 50, know. $60 million a year. Play, bro. Play. Yeah, it's not, I, I shouldn't I have to make that regular season game matter more to you. You know why it matters? 
Because I pay you $60 million. That's why it matters. Because I've got an arena of 20,000 people that spent a fortune to go here and park mm-hmm. and buy $10 beers and buy the popcorn. That's why it matters. You can't just yes. keep throwing feces at the fans. You can't. Exactly. Crazy. Exactly. I mean, it's, you know, like I just can't, I just, I cannot. You were, you're, no, you were sounding real Adam Silvery. Like, how can I make this matter more to you? Yeah. No, come on, Kev. No. No, because, because, because they I'm solution don't need to make here. it matter. They don't need no, to make it matter more. Because, Chris, because I'm solution-oriented here. I'm being realistic. If this, if this is the situation is what it is with the players, what can you do to make it better? What can you Stop! do? Is it, it, Stop kissing their ass every two seconds. Okay, all right. So, okay, so here, here we're going. This is part of what I'm trying to get into here. Is it about making your salary tied to games played? Is it something along those lines? They're trying Not to a bad idea. With, they're trying to do that with the 65 game minimum right now where you're not eligible for certain awards is is the actual real step making it well if you're missing these games you just don't get paid I, I, is that I what, is that what is that really what's necessary it shouldn't be what's necessary I just don't, it wasn't, I just don't think it, it wasn't for made men you know I, I know and so like so He's that's a made what I'm man. saying so what I'm saying is exactly that He's already made his 200 million. What difference does it make if you make 60 million or 30 million? It doesn't really make a dramatic difference. It doesn't. Your quality of life is so insignificantly different if you're missing those games you make. Players are willing. Tonight, Anthony Edwards is like, I'll, I'm going to pay the fine. He doesn't care. He's making tens of millions of dollars. The slap on the wrist doesn't matter. They established a culture where Adam Silver, they, they, the NBA didn't care. And so then the teams didn't care. And so then the players didn't care. And now they're trying to, look, the cat was not out of the bag. The cat was out of the bag and had run 10 miles down the road. And now they're trying to run, you know, down the road and drag the cat back. And it's going to take, it's going to take time. And they're just going to keep on having to, like, at some point, somebody's got to be like, a hard ass about it. They're trying to find teams or whatever else. But I mean, shouts to Mike Malone who came out after the game. It's like, this should be an investigation. All right. So what's again, like, the I, game. I bring it back. I bring it back to my question though. Okay. So how are you going to reverse that? Like what, what exactly needs to be done? Cause it's such a, it's such an issue. What do you do about it? You have to make it so that the teams are on your side, meaning the NBA. The teams are on your side, not looking out for themselves and just uh, uh, because the the team supports the player. They support the organization supports the player. That's where this all got awry. The organization is fine with doing it because that's what's been established. You have to get it back in line to say you're in charge here. And so now the team is responsible for this. Because do you think anybody with the Sixers cares whether the guy plays or not? No. The whole thing is set up for them to all bow at the throne of Embiid and kiss his ass and pray he doesn't want to ask to get traded somewhere else. Like that was that that's the downside of the player empowerment. I am not against player empowerment. It's when this all happens and it leads to the fact that who has power here now? And the fact is. If you're Adam Silver, you need to get it back to where the teams are on your side. He doesn't have the teams on his side 
on this. It's fine for him and Joe Dumars to say, hey, you know what? We've got a new plan. It's play basketball regularly. (laughs) That was basically (laughs) like what they had to say. Like, what the F? Here, you know, every, uh, what is it? Like, uh, I can't even remember what their acronym was. I mean, it was outlandish. But it was basically the new plan of the league was to encourage players playing. They literally have a, a topic about player participation. And so to me, that's the step, right? The step is to get those teams to understand. Like, hey, man, we need you on our side on this, that you need to be making sure these guys play because teams are all scared of these guys. They're scared of the employees. The employees, they're scared of the employees. Well, it's, it's that, Chris, but it's also the fact that teams aren't incentivized to push those players to play because there's no difference between being the two seed and the four seed other than a home court in the first round, which is a, a less significant difference than it, it may have been many years ago. So, like, teams, the organizations, this is, again, as I've been arguing about for years, why I think the standings need to matter more. There should be a difference for the Sixers in, t- in being the two seed versus the four seed. The Heat shouldn't feel like Jimmy Butler can take 12 shots a game over the course of the season and just get in as the seven seed and it won't matter. They should feel like, oh, there's actually an advantage to being the, the three seed. We can choose our first round opponent, whatever it is, like something along those lines, making the standings matter more. Just little, like all these little things over the course of the year, I, I would hope, I would hope change the culture is my point. Well, now the this is all you need to know. And this is how you know, like, that now, M, watch, Embiid will sit out. He'll keep sitting out. Now, to yeah, make a point, tonight. like, hey, I didn't sit out just Denver. No, he'll sit out more, too. And again, is it because he's hurt? Or because now at this point, he can't very well come back and play in the game. Because then, then they're going to get fined a bunch of money. They're going to get fined. If he comes back and plays, they're going to be like, what the hell happened in that? But if he, you know, so now it's cost another arena of fans that signed up and wanted to go watch him play in person. Because now they have to stick to their guns and act like he's hurt. It's crazy. It's crazy. You got a, you got a job to do with that stuff, especially with this whole, and they must already have their TV contract done, though. They must, because they gave Adam Silver a, 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 a to extend them. Yeah, yeah. There's no way they don't have that done if they extended yeah. them all the way through the end of the decade. And good to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I figure it's probably some kind of Amazon, TNT, ESPN deal. That's what I'd guess, right? And he probably got a fortune for it more than what people expect it to be, considering viewership has been down. You know, he's. He's a good businessman. There's no way around that. He's made money, but it has not been, I, uh, fans have not been the priority. And they aren't. And that's what you need to get back. Truly want to grow this thing out and max it out, you got to start caring about fans more. Yeah, You should be able to buy tickets to a Saturday ABC Nuggets Sixers game and be assured that a guy who's not on the injury report is going to play. Tim Bontemps literally said going into it. I talked to Embiid in the locker room. He's ready to go. Nick Nurse said he's ready to go. It's like, oh, our training staff watched him in warm-ups and get out of here, bro. Come on. Now, I spent the whole season lauding this guy, talking about his historical season, talking about how it's going to be a shame if he doesn't get to 65, but he 
you know, can't win the MVP because he's that unbelievable. Now I won't, I won't shed one single tear because that that's that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. On, on the sixty-five game thing, just one thought. We I don't think we touched this when we brought it up last week, but let's say the sixty-five game rule didn't exist, right? And this weren't even a topic of conversation, and Embiid finishes with fifty-nine or sixty-one games. Would he really win MVP over somebody who's got 77 games or 75 no. games? If, if Jokic has that or Giannis or SGA. You know how many games I, Jokic has missed? You know, like three, you know four, how many games something like that? One. One. Only one. Really, one. One. Only one? I thought he had a couple more than that. Only one? Man, that's crazy. One. Wow. And I don't think he cares about anything. No, Jokic, Jokic cares. But he plays. Uh, yeah, he plays that. every night. Oh, you hadn't seen all them videos. Where, uh, I love those videos. I, I, I guess it got on my algorithm where the guy's bitching about it. He's like, man, I hate this dude. And they show him like warming up and he's like basically like just kicking a ball at the rim. And then he's like taking <laughs> BS hook shots. Like he's just not even warming up. He's just screwing around. He's like, I hate this guy. This guy doesn't even take, uh, he doesn't even warm up. He just like, shows <laughs> yeah, up, yeah. shows up, gives everybody buckets and goes home and then watches like horse races on his phone. For what it's worth, Kawhi's only missed four games. So, uh, so it's not like we don't have certain players that are playing a lot. I mean, I do think it's been better overall this year. It's just that that Embiid, you know, situation just makes it feel so much more massive. And I think the guy that nobody really talks about either is the amount of time that Kyrie Irving has missed. Kyrie is just, he has a sprained thumb and he's been out for seemingly forever with a sprained thumb. Um, that guy, that guy misses a hell of a lot of time. Anytime he's got an injury. Oh, at least LeBron and Curry played. Give them that. And they put on a hell of a show that made people forget about how disappointed they were in the first one. Not materializing. Mm. And Curry showing a little muscles by ripping a jersey. Not easy to rip an NBA jersey, but he did Dude, it. Dude, that game, he did it. that game, that Lakers Warriors game was one of the best games of the season. Oh yeah, that was unbelievable. For sure. It, it was, sure. Dude, that game was unbelievable. So many big shots. LeBron and Steph going at it, toe to toe again. Just unbelievable performance by both of those guys. And like you watch that game on Saturday night for the Lakers side of things, and you're like, "Oh, wait a minute, are they are they starting to fi- figure some stuff out? Are they finding themselves?" And then they lose tonight on Monday <laughs> to the Rockets, and they just get absolutely destroyed. And you get LeBron <laughs> side eye on go. the bench. <laughs> You've got to go back and see this because uh, I somebody said it to me. In the I think it was in the first quarter, maybe the second quarter. The the Vanderbilt ejection. Yeah. So he he flicked Dylan Brooks in the back of his head. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, so that's why he got ejected. Hilarious, hilarious, hilarious. All right. When when is when is Ham gonna start that lineup from last year, man? When is he gonna do it? Let's take. He's got so his long. big three: Delo and uh, LeBron and AD bit cooking recently. I know they yeah, took an L like, to Houston, but what? Well, what what's his thing for Torian Prince? What 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 is what is this? Like what's what does he continue starting him for instead of Vanderbilt? He played he played that five man lineup for 19 minutes on Saturday night. The LeBron, 
AD, D'Lo, Reeves, Vanderbilt lineup for 19 minutes on Saturday after they played a collective nine minutes over the entire regular season when that was the five that they used the second half last year to make the playoffs and go all the way to the West Finals. After that game on Saturday, AD was asked about, like, do you think this is going to be when <laughs> you're going to start going back to that lineup? And AD's like, like he's like smirking. He can't like keep the smile. And he's like, that's a coach question. <laughs> it's like very revealing. I think, I think Ham has completely lost the Lakers locker room. Uh, he has lost the trust of that team. And because they, they know, because they, because they, they know have- the answers, they know the answers that can help from within and uh, that he's not doing that regularly. All right. There you go. It's going to do it for our show. Thank you to our executive producer, Jesse Lopez, as always. Kevin, I'll talk to you on Thursday. Looking forward to it. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. In Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. In Connecticut, call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit K gamblinghelp.com in louisiana call 1-877-770-STOP in maryland visit mdgamblinghelp.org in west virginia visit 1800gambler.net in wyoming call 1-800-522-4700 hope is here in massachusetts visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in massachusetts in new york call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny